How's it going, my brothers and sisters? This is Steve Kitts. Thank you for joining us on During Bible Study Podcast. We'll open up in a prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and love. And we thank you, Lord, that you're with us and that these words, Lord, that you give us is something we can put in our hearts and use for your glory. Lift you up and give you the honor. In your blessed name we beg. Amen. Obadiah. Who wrote this book of Obadiah? In this, it's the shortest book in the Old Testament, and it seems that the prophet Obadiah considered each word a high-priced commodity. Apparently, he was unable to afford any words describing himself or his family in any way. He didn't want to tell about him. Therefore, the twelve other men named Obadiah appear in the scriptures, the Old Testament scholars cannot identify with certainty any of them was the author of this book. The tiny book of Obadiah introduces itself as a message from God. In the same way that Numa, Isaiah, Micah, and others have his vision. The common name Obadiah is a Hebrew Obadai literally meaning a worshiper of Yahweh. Nothing in this book connects the author with any other of the biblical figures that we know of. Through the ultimate identification of this prophet is shrouded in mystery, Obadiah's emphasis on Jerusalem through the prophecy of judgment on the foreign nation of Edom allows us to at least assume that Obadiah came from somewhere near the holy city around the south kingdom of Judah. So where are we in this book? The dating of the book of Obadiah accurately is nearly impossible due to the scant history information that's contained in the book. Obadiah is unique in several different ways. It's the shortest book in the Old Testament with only 21 verses. Unlike most prophets, Obadiah does not speak to Israel. Instead, he gives his message to one of Israel's most hated enemies, the nation of Edom. Despite being so short and directed at foreign people, it still converts all the basic themes of the Old Testament prophecies. If the prophet of Israel had spoken through movies instead of writings, Obadiah would be a teaser trailer. Since the book is so short and the historical context is, is critical, The father of the nation of Israel, Jacob, had a rocky relationship with his brother Esau. And we see that back in Genesis 27, 41. Esau's descendants became the Edomites, who settled in the mountains of Seir, southeast of the Dead Sea. References to Esau, Mount Esau, Mount Seir, and so forth are references to the people of Edom. For centuries prior to Obadiah's prophecies, Edom had harassed Israel. They blocked Israel's exodus from Egypt, even warred with Israel off and on under many different kings. Partly because of their constant hostility, no other nation is threatened with the judgment in the Old Testament as often as Edom was. The nation of Edom was blessed with terrain, resources, and trade. The mountains and cliffs made it easy for them to defend. Abundant minerals meant that there was plenty of mining for wealth. 
Edom was also located in a major trade route, so they had friendly relations with many of the surrounding nations. The success seemed to have gone to Edomites' heads. They are often accused of arrogance and pride, as well as treachery and violence. While several options have been proposed by scholars, the best argument places Obadiah around 840 B.C., making him the earliest writing prophet a few years prior to Joel and the contemporary of Elijah. The biggest piece of evidence for this early date comes from Obadiah 1, 10-14, which indicates that the Edomite invasion of Jerusalem. While Edom was too weak of a nation to ever invade Judah, on its own, Edom no doubt participated with other nations in the wind of change that blew in their favor. In 1840s, the Edom's rebellion against King Jerahim of Judea and the Philistines and the Arabians also invaded Jerusalem. While Second Chronicles does indicate, while Second Chronicles does not indicate that the Edomites participated in this invasion. Obadiah pictures the violence of the behavior of the Edomites that carried out on their neighbors waiting on the nearby roads to cut those that were fleeing or running away from the invasion within Jerusalem. The Edomites could have easily heard of Jerusalem's invasion by foreign powers and entered themselves into the fray so that they might benefit from the plundering of their neighbors in Jerusalem. So why is Obadiah so important? The majority of the book pronounces judgment on foreign nation of Edom, making Obadiah one of the only three prophets who pronounced judgment primarily on other nations. Numa and Habakkuk are the others. While others of the prophetic books contain passages of judgment against Edom and other nations, Obadiah singularly focuses his point a significant, albeit difficult, truth about the humanity's relationship with God. When people remove themselves from or place themselves in opposition of God's people, they can expect judgment rather than restoration at the end of their days. So what's the big deal? With Obadiah's name meaning worshiper of Yahweh, it offers the interesting counterpoint to the message of judgment that he pronounces on Edom, Judah's neighbor to the southeast. As a worshiper of Yahweh, Obadiah places himself in a position of humility before the Lord. He embraces his lowly place before the Almighty God, that God had sent a man named worshiper of Yahweh to the people of Edom was no mistake. Edom had been found guilty of pride before the Lord. And we see that in Obadiah 1 and 3. They had thought themselves greater than they actually were, great enough to mock, steal from, and even harm God's chosen people. But the Lord God, the name of Obadiah, used to stress God's sovereign power over nations and will not stand idly by and let his people suffer forever. Through Obadiah, God reminded Edom of their poor treatment of his people and promised redemption, not to the Edomites, but the people of Judah. The nation of Edom, which eventually disappeared into history, remains one of the prime examples of the truth found in Proverbs 16 and 8. Pride goes before destruction, 
and a haunting spirit before stumbling. Now, how do I apply this? Obadiah's prophecy focuses on the destruction power of pride. It reminds us of the consequences of living in a self-serving manner, of following through on our own feelings and desires without considering the impact of others around us. Do you struggle to set aside your own wants and desires for those that of God and others? Through such pride has been part of the lives of the fallen humans ever since the tragedy fall in Eden. Obadiah offers us a stark reminder to place ourselves under God's authority, to subject ourselves and our appetites for His purposes, and to find our hope in being in His people when the restoration of all things come. Unfortunately for Adam, Obadiah's prophecy would be fulfilled very quickly. Not long after this, one of Edomites' opposing allies, the Nabateans, sprang a trap. While supposedly attending the banquet, the Nabateans surprised the Edomite soldiers and routed them. The nation that had been so strong and laughed at Israel's misery was suddenly destitute and driven out of their homes. The book of Malachi written after Israel had returned home from the Babylonian captivity, describes the city of Edom as ghost towns. And we see that in Malachi 1, verses 2 through 5. Edomites that survived this invasion would settle south of Hebron, where they faded into obscurity, knowing later that the Udomans, they were bullied by the most other nations, including Israel, and later Rome. Herod the Great tried to kill Jesus as an infant. We see in Matthew 2, 16, was an Edomite or Edomite. The remaining Edomites joined the Jews in rebellion against Rome in 70 AD and were essentially obliviated, completely wiped out. As a nation, they became extinct. And the very end of Obadiah includes the prediction which looks forward to the end times when the territory of Edom will be occupied by Israel and ruled directly by God. You can't do things against God's people and survive. Well, we'll close in a prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we know, Lord, that you control all things, that you're in charge, that we look to you and we hold on to you, Lord, and we know that we don't need to make fun of anybody else. We need to take care of our own lives and our own ways and give you the honor and the glory the best we can through it. In your precious holy name, amen. I want to take a minute to talk to you about Buzzsprout. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new market or a channel, may I suggest that you share your thoughts and your ideas with the world. And it's just so fun to have a talk show. Podcasting is very easy, inexpensive, and a fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Within minutes of finishing each recording, Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And a team that they have at Buzzsprout is passionate in helping you succeed. They want you to succeed. Join with over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's go ahead and create something together. God bless you. 
Let me tell you about a new product that you probably need to go check out. It's called Talking Jesus Doll at JesusDoll.com. If you use my promo code STEVEKITS at checkout, they'll give you an extra 10% off. With all the woke culture going out affecting kids with cartoons and toys, they're trying to separate your kids and your grandkids from the family and from God. I recommend that you introduce Jesus to your kids as early as possible. That's why we're partnering with the Talking Jesus Doll. It's a plush doll that talks. When you squeeze the hand, it speaks ten phrases that Jesus said in the Bible, from the Lord's Prayer to John 3.16 and everything in between. With everything that's going on, it's important to introduce our children to the love and the lessons that Jesus had for many years. I love this product and so does everyone else. The reviews are amazing and kids are learning the Bible verses and using the doll to minister to others. If you have kids, grandkids, nieces, and nephews, this is a perfect gift for them. It could be for Easter, birthdays, and even Christmas. Teach your kids about the Lord. Go to JesusDoll.com and use the promo code STEVEKIDS for 10% off and God bless you.